Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to join us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. This week, we continue our little mini-series on faith with an episode that might sound, as you when you hear the title, you might go like, well, that's simple enough. You know, it's kind of a fun episode we're going to have this week, but simple it is not. So the title of this episode, which is episode 40, by the way, so another milestone, 40, The title is How to Have Faith Like a Child. And the subtitle is The Joy of Trusting God as Your Father. And I know this this sounds kind of like not redundant because we have heard it quite a bit, the faith like a child bit, right? And most of us kind of take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, I have faith like a child. I trust God as my father. I know he's my, my heavenly father and my daddy and my Abba. And I trust him. But... No, you don't. Um, And I found out the hard way in recent months and years that neither do I. Uh, So I was, uh, I kind of like digging into this subject of having faith like a child. And I think it's really, really crucial that you understand it, uh, the lessons we're going to teach today, but that you also adapt not only your thinking, but your behavior and the way you pray and your faith and how you approach God as a result. So this is a a key, a big key that we're going to address today. And I think it's really crucial that you get a handle on this. Basically, we have to do like Yoda. You must unlearn what you have learned. And having faith like a child is all about unlearning what you have learned. (laughs) Exactly. So there's a lot of... um brainwash and religion that uh, we don't even realize until we try to apply faith like a child and then we kind of realize that there's a lot of doubt there there's a lot of false beliefs there's a lot of things that we've been indoctrinated um, that kind of you know weren't really good uh, in the sense that I'm not saying all churches are bad I'm just saying that sometimes in certain uh, religions, in certain areas of Christianity, there has been a lot of um, religious beliefs, religious um, spirits, if you want, of, um, you know, making you think a certain way when it's unbiblical. Well, let's put it this way. It's man-made religion, basically. Let's put it this way. God is not in the business of religion. Exactly. Like, not at all, in fact. If anything, Satan loves religion. (laughs) <laughs> because religion is from the Latin word religere, religere, which means to bind. Mm-hmm. So that's something that people tend to forget. And so, so actually Jesus stood up against who? The religious leaders, religious leaders who put heavy burdens on the shoulders of the people right. and who would not do it themselves. So religion is, is not a good thing. Uh, wars have been fought for religion. People, countless people have been killed because of religion. Uh, many people are bound in, in, in doctrinal dogma because of religion and they are fruitless as a result. 
And there's so much bad that comes from religion. Religion is a man-made thing. God is not into religion. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. Jesus came to establish, to re-establish a kingdom. Okay, the kingdom that his father had intended that was broken down because of Adam's sin, Jesus came to re-establish. In other words, to put back in its original state or place or uh, plan and purpose. That's what Jesus came to do. It has nothing to do with religion. Exactly. So you're going to realize that when you put these things into practice, like uh, last week, we talked about the five stepping stones to kingdom faith, right? And it was all kind of action-oriented. Well, this one is an action-oriented uh, episode as well because you're going to realize that when you put your faith into practice, you're going to realize that you do have a lot of doubt. Um, a lot of you may have false beliefs, false thinking, and realize when you get to the deep, deep thinking part of it, hmm, I guess, you know, I I didn't really, really believe because I was taught this and that and mm-hmm. that. And so when he's he's right when he says, you know, that uh, God wants us to really have a relationship with him. Absolutely. And to, you know, day by day live through experiences and putting faith into action. You're living this story, this journey with God. And, you know, it has nothing to do with religion. It's you with God and your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. So before we dig into this topic uh, that I know that you're going to really enjoy, we decided to start a Facebook group for you guys. For those of you that really want to dig deeper and climb higher and really dig into kingdom teachings and leadership and faith, Uh, We decided to start this free group. It doesn't cost anything for you guys. I'm going to post the link to the free group on the bottom of this episode. So episode 40 at the thrivingonpurposepodcast.com. And uh, you'll be able to uh, just join this group and share, you know, uh, different things that you're learning. Ask questions. Yeah, that you've learned through this podcast series or that you have questions about. We're also going to be adding content Um, It's going to revolve around leadership, faith, um, and kingdom, and it's going to be focused for Christian entrepreneur families, okay? So since we are a Christian entrepreneur families, we're going to tackle topics that that you guys are going to enjoy if you're a Christian entrepreneur family. So it doesn't mean that you all have to be entrepreneurs in the family, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. at least one of you that's a, a Christian entrepreneur and you have a family, you're going to really like our topics that we're going to pick. Yeah, because we, we are a family and we often speak of where we're at. And where we're at right now is we have three kids. You know, one is nine, the other one's six, the other one's four, and they're very young and it demands a lot of time and it affects the way we think, the way we uh, live out our weeks, do what we do every day. And so they're a big part of our lives, obviously. And um, so obviously it transpires in the way we teach. Uh, oftentimes I'm going to teach, I'm going to talk about my children. So does uh, Elizabeth. She, she brings in the kids once in a while <laughs> talking about stuff, the interactions we have. And uh, it, it's going to fit with entrepreneurs, with, with children, definitely. Exactly. And we really want to, we really see how God is creating a movement right now with Christian entrepreneur families that, you know, a lot of men and women parents are realizing that, you know, the nine to five is not cutting it. There's so many uh, different aspects, you know, that people are, are waking up to realize, hey, you know, 
I, there's got to be something more out there. God wants more for me. I'm just not seeing it. And they're searching and God is bringing them to kingdom revelation, kingdom teachings. And so um, because he wants to move in your families, he wants to move in your lives. And you're the movers and shakers of this world because you're young entrepreneurs and you have a lot of fire and lot, a lot to give and God is going to use you. So we really want to create a community so that you guys have a place where you can uh, share your knowledge and share what you're learning and and learn from us and the different things that we're learning that we can teach to you guys and so you're going to get the obviously we're going to post the podcast episodes there we're going to post uh, we're going to do some video uh little video nuggets or teachings that we're going to put in and uh, we're also going to put some pdfs files the downloads and like interesting stuff that we uh that, that we created as pdf files that you can get yeah. your hands on so and as uh, john maxwell team coaches we have uh, really great leadership content and personal growth content so uh, eventually down the road we're also going to be doing free courses in there for you guys to to learn from um from that content so all you need to do is go to thrivingonpurposepodcast.com and go on uh, the bottom of episode 40 and you'll be able to join the Facebook group. So let's dig in. Let's dig deeper so we can climb higher. Liz, would you start by reading the passage in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. That's in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. Yes, and this is the best I found in the Gospels, the best passage about that goes really in-depth with Jesus, with the children, and him explaining, look, for of such is the kingdom of God, do not forbid them to come to me. It's really fascinating. It's a great passage. So in that passage, Jesus tells us, uh, tells us about children that of such is the kingdom of God. In other words, what does that mean, of such is the kingdom of God? Well, in other words, it means the kingdom of God is made up of citizens that are childlike. Okay? The kingdom of God is made up of citizens that are like these little children. So let that sink in for a little moment there. Like I said before at the beginning of the episode, we all think of ourselves, oh yeah, I trust God as a father, but you know, life happens. And we grow up, we get hurt, we get disappointed, uh, we lose trust in, in, in people, and yes, we lose trust in God without necessarily realizing it. It's only when we need to put our faith to the test that we realize, oh, maybe I didn't trust God as much as I thought I did. Maybe I don't have faith like a child. So that's why we're doing this episode. Yeah, and you know, for for those of you that haven't had the greatest relationship with your parents, it's very hard to see God in all his splendor and how good he is if the model that you have had of a parent is not that great because you've been disappointed, you've 
you know, basically not had that great foundation. If you've been blessed to have parents that always kept their word and always gave you their best, then it's going to be easier for you to see God in yeah. that way and to have faith in that way. Yeah. So it's a it's a bit of a disadvantage and it's a little more to work through. Yeah. But, you know, so, you know, most people, that's what they've gone through. Like a lot of people have not had the greatest relationships or had bumpy roads with the relationship with their parents. Because why? Because people are humans and they're not perfect, right? Yeah. So there comes disappointments and there comes these problems in relationships and that could affect the way you see your father. So I just want to add that. Yeah, how... it's, good. it's a good point you're making. Yeah, obviously, those who grew up with in broken households and difficult um, child-parent relationships, they have more of a, a, a hill to climb to get to that trusting and childlike faith with God because it, it does affect their, per, their, uh, their perception of their Heavenly Father. A big deal. It's a big deal. It's something big to overcome. And you need to fix that in your life. And you need to, to ask God and the Holy Spirit to heal you if you've been hurt by your parents. Uh, we did an episode a while back. Uh, and the was father wound. The father wound, exactly. Where we really delve deep into that, what it does to a person to have a deep father wound. And let it, let's not kid ourselves. There are also mother wounds. Not all mothers are great moms. Uh, it's it's not as common as fathers. There's more absentee fathers. There's more irresponsible fathers or even abusive fathers than there are mothers. But there are also mother, mother wounds uh, for some people out there. So there's parental wounds that need to be overcome in order for us to have a healthy relationship with God. And in adulthood, we oftentimes don't identify it readily. We don't, we, we can't put our finger on it. We just have this dysfunctional relationship with God. And, uh, and that's not what he wants. And that's not to your benefit either, obviously. If you're going to benefit fully from this loving father, it, you need to come to terms with your own uh, earthly parental hurts, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it's subconsciously, you know, sometimes you understand the picture of, you know, okay, I didn't have this greatest relationship with my parents or with my father or with my mother. And however, I know God is good and God wants the best for me. But then you have these subconsciously, these lies that you're telling yourself, you know, that you're not as worthy or that God won't bless you because of this because of that and those are all um you know things that you need to bring forth and work through and put out uh, and acknowledge for you to work through them so that you can debunk that so a, a good way to debunk that is to ask yourself those important questions do i really believe that i'm in faith for this thing that i'm asking of god and sometimes you'll have that little voice inside of you saying, no, because I believe this about myself or because I believe he won't do it because of this. And so you need to work on that and pray about that because if these things come to the surface, they are hindering your faith. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, you know, speaking of, of faith, what I've noticed as, as I've been, you know, going through my faith journey, obviously, uh, I've learned a lot from faith fantastic faith teachers out there. I mean, there's so many. Uh, Charles Capps, Miles Monroe, Gary Cassie, uh, Kenneth Hagen, and, and I'm forgetting some. But I've what I've learned from these faith teachers, every single one of them had very childlike 
qualities about him. They were natural rejoicers. They were abiders. They abided in God. They loved God, their father. And they were praisers. They were men who naturally loved praising God and, and the goodness of God and, and mentioning, talking about uh, miracles and wonderful things that God does. So they, they had this childlike quality, kind of like a kid. I mean, if you look at, at a kid go, the kids are like that. Kids, they're the natural state of a child in a, in a normal setting, the natural state of a child is joy. I mean, when a, when a kid's crying, he's sad. That's not his natural state. But if you look at a child, and it is natural, if he's been raised in a normal setting with, with, with everything that he needs, children are naturally joyful. They're natural rejoicers. They don't worry. <laughs> you know? And and there is none of that in heaven, right? There's none of that There's in no heaven. There's no worry. There's no crying in heaven. It is pure joy. So the atmosphere that God thrives in is joy. Yeah. So, Amen. you know, and, and when I think of joy, when I think of a child, I think of my daughter Marissa. My daughter Marissa, she's a middle child, and she is so thankful and sees all the blessings around her, all the things that we do for her, the little things, the, the food we give her, any, you know, little thing that is out of the ordinary, she's able to bring up and be so giddy and happy about it. Yeah. And it's one of her beautiful qualities. And she, like, this kid, you know, has, like, instant faith about what we're going to provide for her and what we're going to give to her. And she doesn't question or get you know, worried or sad about the, about anything else because she's just in constant joy and, and abundance and happy and, and has this, you know, blessing mindset of thankfulness. Yeah. Now she's very thankful. Um, you know, our other kids, not as much, but that's just being a child. I mean, as children, we're not, uh, we need to be taught. I mean, especially boys, uh, me as, as I grew up, I remember my mom always, you know, took me aside. I'm going to thank your grandmother now for the gift she gave you. Because I didn't naturally do it. I, right. I had to learn it. But Marissa's special. Marissa has this way of just not taking things for granted. She's just so thankful for every little thing we do for her. It's pretty surprising for a child, but it's great quality. And so so these kingdom teachers, these, these guys and, and women who tap into faith and who teach faith and who show us the way to have this kingdom faith, they're like children. I've noticed that. They have this incredible joy. They're not surprised by the miraculous, these men and women. They expect the miraculous. And that is the epitome of faith like a child. Faith like a child is not surprised by the miraculous. It expects the miraculous. Your children, they're not surprised when you provide good things for them. They expect good things from you. They expect it. And the passage in Mark chapter 10 also tells us two crucial things about the kingdom of God. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, so notice the word receive, he shall not enter therein. So entering. So the two things are this. Number one, the kingdom of God is something we receive. It's our gift. There's another passage, I think it's in Luke, where God says it is the the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's a gift. But it's also another thing. It's something we enter. 
It's our inheritance. It's our field of favor. So it's a gift and it's our inheritance as children as well. So now let's consider how to have faith, the faith of a child, because in many ways as adults, we have become adulterated, which means corrupted. Adulterating means to corrupt. So as adults, we have become adulterated and we kind of lost our faith as a child along the way. And we get corrupted, like I mentioned earlier, by all kinds of things that happen in life. You know, bad experiences, bad relationships, uh, uh, when, when we are deceived, when we are disappointed, whatever. Along the way in life, we, that's how we become, <laughs> that's how we basically become adults. <laughs> but it's not entirely good. There's a lot of things that we put off. When Paul says, put away the childish things when you become an adult, He's speaking of the bad childish things, you know, the, 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 the immature behaviors and become mature. Becoming mature is very necessary, but it's kind of like a dual thing. You have to become mature without losing your childlike faith and enthusiasm. So in many ways, to have kingdom faith, like I said before, you must unlearn what you have learned. Okay, there's a story, there's a story of two little girls who were were playing around and they were counting their pennies and one of the little girls said I have five pennies and the other little girl said I have ten pennies no said the first little girl you have five cents just like me but the second girl replied daddy said that when he came home tonight he would give me five cents so in all I have ten cents so you see, that little girl's faith in her father's promise gave her proof, all the proof that she needed, that although she couldn't see the extra five cents yet, she knew it was already hers because her daddy told her, when I come home tonight, I'm giving you five cents. So when she was counting her pennies with her little friend, even though she had five cents just like her friend, she said, I have ten cents. Because in her mind, it was a, that was it. It was a done deal. I have my 10 cents. And that's just how faith works. We saw in episode 34 how God, our God, is not only the king, but he's our father. And he's a very good father. He is a good, good father. So in the same manner, right, if we don't have faith, the faith of a trusting and innocent child towards God, who is our good, good father, we will not experience much of his goodness as a father. We're going to miss out on it. Exactly. And the, the key here is to see it as a done deal. See this little girl, she knows that when her dad comes home, we'll give her five cents. She knows it's a done deal. She expects it. And she knows it's just a technicality for it to show up. So when you're praying in faith and you don't see it right away, it doesn't mean you have not received it. You have received it when you've prayed for it, yeah. but it's a technicality. It's a question of timing when you will receive it in your hands. But you still have to be in faith like a child and, and think and speak as if you have received well, it, like we even saw. if you do not see it. Yeah, and like we taught and saw, faith is always present tense. Exactly. Hope is future tense. Faith is present tense every single time. And this is why I'm telling you 
This is so key to getting results in your business, in your health, uh, whatever you're praying for. This is really, really key. And it's when you put this into practice that you realize it's not easy as it sounds. No, it's not it's as not. easy as it sounds. It's, it takes work. It takes practice. Uh, you know, have faith in smaller things to start with. Don't go crazy and, you know, ask for a house right away for, you know, as an example, like have, you know, ask for your needs, but do it, do it by small things first so that you do. You have to build up your faith. Exactly. Basically, You're yeah, able train to build it up. up that faith. Make it more muscular. Exactly. And it starts with small things because if you ask for something too big for your faith, in other words, for something that your faith can't handle, yeah. you won't have a, 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 a grasp, you won't have a handle on that. So basically you're, be, you're asking, you might have, think you have faith, but you won't, you won't really have faith for that big thing that you're asking for, right? Exactly. And you know, we, we realized that when you know, we started the Kingdom uh, series and the Kingdom teachings um, a while back, a couple of years ago, we realized that you know, when you first find out about all this, you're like so ecstatic and crazy. and You get excited, and faith. Excited and you're like, okay, I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to ask for that. And yeah. you, you go a bit nuts, right? But excited and faith is not real faith. So in other words, it's, it's overly excited. So it asks for things that it doesn't really have a grasp on. Exactly. And yeah. it was funny because we were listening to a preacher and he was talking about that. And he said, you know... You start out, ask for a pair of socks if, if you need a pair of socks. Like <laughs> Start with something small exactly. to build up that faith. Because when you start, if you go all out and you have overly excited faith, it can do the opposite. Because you're going to ask for that big thing and all your excitement that you don't have the faith for yet. Right. Okay, you're, that's, you're, basically you're asking out of excitement. You're not asking out of faith. And then you won't get the thing. Mm-hmm. And then what does that do to your faith? Instead of building it up, it kind of tears it down a couple notches. So then you have to start, but start again. But then you're a lower level in your faith because you're kind of like shaken up. The devil uses that, right? The devil's going to use that, and it can hurt you. So start start small, but start with like strong. Start strong, small. Right. (laughs) Uh, And you know, as kids, uh, uh, I notice my kids do that. The less they ask from me the less they get right but the more my kids ask from me and they know this instinctively the more they have a chance of getting and i know marissa's an expert at this oh my goodness just this morning i was showing her what was uh i have some uh, i collect some silver coins and gold coins i just wanted to show her that because i i thought you know little girls love bling bling they love the silver and the gold and all that and i knew she'd find that interesting so i was showing her my coins and she would, she kept testing for every single coin she'd see. Can you give me this one? No, Marissa, because I don't <laughs> want to give a, you know, a silver coin that's worth, uh, I don't know, 50 bucks to a, a, a six-year-old because she won't know what to do with that. I said, maybe later when you're older, maybe I'll give you one as a gift. You know, I'll, I'll buy you one as a present because they have all kinds of silver coins. I don't want to go out on a tangent there, but it's fun because I even have a, a Ten Commandments uh, ounce a silver ounce, which is like a, a replica, if you will, of the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments engraved in silver. It's really nice. Anyway, she kept everything I kept showing her. Can I have this one? How oh, about this tiny one here? <laughs> she, then she saw she couldn't get the bigger ones. She went for the tiniest one. But the point I'm making is she kept on asking. She just kept on keeping on, thinking 
maybe sometimes <laughs> at some point I'm going to hit gold. Literally, literally, she's like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep. With the same amount of faith at every question, it's just waiting for the different answer. (laughs) And and the best way to learn childlike faith is by looking at your kids. Look at how your children interact with you. And it's going to give you the best, they're the best teachers when it comes to childlike faith. Observe how they operate. Uh, Like I said, we have three kids, Jason 9, Marissa 6, and Caitlin is 4. And we're going to look at how they get good things from us, okay? So we're going to look at the dynamics of what I've experienced, what Liz has experienced with our own kids. How do your kids get good things from you? How do our kids get good things from us, okay? So here's the, here's the ways they get good things. Number one. They get good things because we love them. That's pretty basic. They get good things from us simply because we love them. That's general goodness or provision. The Bible tells us that the rain falls on the just and on the unjust, right? The sun rises on the just and the unjust. God is a good God and he gives general blessing, or what is called in theology, general grace, to all his children, even to the non-believers. So, on the earth, there's these general blessings that reflect God's goodness in general. You just take a walk in nature and all over you, all around you, you're going to notice God's goodness. The sun above, uh, the beautiful sky, uh, the animals, the birds singing, the trees, the wind, the breeze in your hair. I mean, all these things reflect the Father's goodness. So it reflects His love for His creation and, of course, for us, right? And it's the same with our kids. My kids get good things simply because I love them. Sometimes I'm going to go overboard. And when I say overboard, giving them more than just food, clothing, and shelter. And I'm just going to give them something out of the goodness of my heart. Why? Because I love them. Because that day, for example, I thought of them in a certain way. And I was like, oh, when I get home, I want to give Jason such and such. I know it's going to be, it's going to make him happy. Just because, just because I love him. So number one. They get good things from us because we love them. Number two, they get good things because they ask us for it expectantly. Expectantly, exactly. That's what faith does. It asks expectantly. Just like the example I gave of Marissa with the silver coins. Every silver coin she would see, big, small, medium, she would just, <laughs> even the gold coins. I showed a couple of gold coins, very small ones. Oh, gold is so much prettier, Daddy. <laughs> she said gold is prettier. And it's funny because in her innocence, she didn't realize that the gold coin was worth three times more than the big silver coin. And she was like, this is tiny. I can, I can ask him for this tiny, tiny one here. It's just funny. So, yeah, they ask expectantly. And that's how they get the extra things from us. By asking. They are our kids. We wouldn't grant this to other children. We wouldn't give these extra goodies to other children. We give them to our kids. So through this, they have gotten the icing on their cake. So they got their cake and the icing and they ate it too, you know. So they've gotten good things like ice cream. uh, And and you'll probably, you know, as I name the list, I go down that list. You'll probably say, yeah, me too, me too. I give my kids these things like ice cream, movies, uh, toys, chocolate. 
you know, the little extras of life, the, the things that, that bring joy, that, that, that make them uh, feel loved in an extra way, right? Yeah, and I just want to add something to this. You know, um, a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't want to ask much of God. They have this barrier in their minds that, who am I to ask God for this? So they, ha they don't ask expecting that their good father will give them anything. So this is what I was telling you in the religious beliefs. This is something that if you, ha if you have this way of thinking, you have to work on changing it because this is really, really hindering your faith. It is okay for you to ask things of your father. Amen. You, you, he created you. He loves you. You are made in his image. And therefore, he wants what's best for you. So you have every right to ask him for your needs, every right to ask him to bless you with things that you know are going to uh, you know, bless other people. If it's provision that you need, if it's to get out of debt, uh, all these things. He wants all these things for you. So do not have this mindset you know, that it's not okay for you to ask anything. You're not worth you know much he's god almighty and therefore uh you know don't have this relationship where um you think that of yourself it's really important that you see and you go back to the beginning of the our teachings when we explain you know kingdom uh, authority and dominion in ex episode 31 because it's going to help you understand how much he loves you and how much um, authority he gave you because he wants you to be fruitful and to be a blessing and to do a lot of great things on this earth so if you don't ask you will not receive so exactly. ask, don't ask don't get right? exactly simple rule exactly you won't get anything and you need to ask knowing expecting that he is loving and he is going to bless you amen to that and that brings us to number three they get good things because we bless or reward good behavior and obedience, right? Yeah. So how many of us will give great things to our kids just because they've done so great that week or they've been super obedient and we just feel like showering them with all kinds of great things to make them happy because we want to have more of that great behavior, right? Yeah, exactly. So we, we want to recompense that great behavior Basically, when our kids cooperate with our will, we reward that. And it's the same thing with God. When we cooperate with His will, He blesses and rewards it. Okay, that's how we get rewards and blessings from God, is by obedience. Remember what Samuel, the prophet, said to Saul when he disobeyed the command of the Lord. Uh, he hadn't. Uh, he hadn't. Uh, he had kept some sheep and oxen, you know, and he he was supposed to kill everything, right, in, in the city. Remember that story. And he kept some aside because he basically was he wanted he wanted the bounty for himself. So he had disobeyed, and Samuel told him, "Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Behold." To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion, now this is 
really important here, very interesting what he says, for rebellion is as serious as the sin of divination, which is fortune-telling, and disobedience is as serious as false religion and idolatry. Now, that's a very serious warning from Samuel. He shows us a, an aspect of God that we're not familiar with. But you know what? He's not much different from the way we are. I mean, when our kids openly rebel, there's one thing in doing something silly or kind of disobedient or because of ignorance or something, then when they really rebel and go against our will knowing better. When your kid knows better and he does it anyway. Now, the consequences in our family anyway are more dire for the kid if he does that than if it's just like, oh, I didn't know. Uh, sorry, mom, I, I had no clue or sorry, dad. You know, so uh, so Saul, he was supposed to to kill everything and he had kept these animals and he said as an excuse, as, oh, I, I wanted to keep them to offer as a sacrifice to the Lord. So the prophet said, no, God doesn't want your sacrifices. He wants your obedience. What are you doing? Number four, Liz. They get good things by birthright. So number four, our children get good things from us simply by birthright. Our children get good things from us simply because they were born to us. We leave them our riches when we die, but also make them greatly benefit from all that we own while we are alive. We saw since the beginning of our kingdom series that as children of the king, we are co-inheritors with Christ. Co-heirs, co-inheritors. So just as it is for our kids, we greatly benefit from the riches of our Father's kingdom right now. And not just when we die and we go to be in glory, where it's going to be the full manifestation of that kingdom and that, that glory, but right now we get benefits from it. Same thing with our kids. They benefit from everything that we have right now, not just when we die and they, then they inherit the whole bounty, right? When we were born again into the kingdom, this is our inheritance and birthright. We'll get the full inheritance when we go to glory to be with him. Exactly. So that's the importance of understanding that you are a child of the king. If you were born in a castle and your father was the king and you were, I don't know, the, the you know, your father was the king of England, it would not be hard for you to imagine what, what, you can acquire and what God would give you because it's visually in front of you. It's in your face. You live right? it every day. Yeah. You live it every day and you're in a castle and you, your king is there, your father's there and you see the kingship visually. So you have to put yourself in that state of mind where your king, your father is in heaven and see him there, but you are his son or his daughter and you are, an ambassador you are a child of god so you have an important role to play on this earth and so you're working with him and he's blessing you because you're doing his will so you have to always have that mental picture so when you you kind of feel like down on yourself or that you don't deserve this or that you know why would he give me this or whether like get that out of your head get these these false beliefs these lies out of your head because this is how you have to think you have to think i am a child of the king you have to really understand that and visualize that in Amen. your head yeah so for our kids you know uh, 
our children, our own kids and your own kids, they have the following characteristics when it comes to their faith towards you. Our kids and their faith towards us. Here's how they behave. Number one, they believe us. You know, uh, when my, one of my kids asks me a question, they believe my answer. They regard my knowledge as superior to theirs. So our kids think we have the knowledge of the universe in our brains. They don't, they haven't figured out yet that we have very limited knowledge. They will eventually, probably in their teenage years, realize, okay, mom and dad doesn't know everything. They really don't know much, really. <laughs> but the point is, right now, as children, they think we know it all, right? They believe us uh, when they ask us a question and we tell them the answer. They believe us, okay? Number two, they trust us. Our kids go where we go. They expect no harm will come to them if we're around. So no matter where we take them, if we're with them, they're not worried. They trust us completely. Number three, we spoke of this earlier, they have joy. Children exhibit joy in their natural state. Being joyful is their default state. Okay, I said that earlier. And we read in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now think about that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I have seen that tested time and again in my life. When I lose my joy, I, ha I have no energy. None. But when I'm filled with joy, I can accomplish incredible feats. Of, in one day, I'll do so much more, accomplish so much more. But how many of us adults truly understand and have joy? You know, we go in and out of joy oftentimes. And yet the joy is there. It should be uh, the, our default state as well, just like our kids. Exactly. And a great way to put yourself in that state is to really jot down all the things you're thanking God for that you're seeing as blessings, even if they're small things, even if right now you're not in a good place uh, financially or uh, maybe you don't have the greatest health. Try to jot down the, the things that you are blessed well, blessed with. You know, some people take for granted that they have great relationship with the, their children. For example, you know, uh, there's so many things that you can write down that you have that you can be um, happy for, that you can have joy for. And when you focus on the positive and stop focusing on what's not working on the negative you do have this buildup of strength and you're able to see clearly. It removes that fogginess. Yeah. When you're constantly in a mode where you just see what's wrong and what you need to fix and what's not working, then you are weighed down. It weighs you down and you can't function properly. And you can't think straight. Yeah. Which brings us to point number four. Towards us, our children, they are secure. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, we read, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. There's nothing more contradictory to faith than a believer in constant fear. If you tell people that you're a Christian, but you're always telling how you're worried about this, scared of that, blah, 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 do you think people are going to be attracted to your God? Not at all. I think one of the main attractions for a non-believer when they look at a Christian is how, number one, how joyful they are, but number two, how secure they are. Uh, a Christian that has a strong childlike faith is secure. He knows that his daddy has got his back. You know, dad's got my back. 
I'm going to be just fine, even if everything seems to be falling apart, apart around me, okay? Uh, our children, they feel secure around us. Our mere presence offers them a sense of complete security. And God wants the same for us. He wants the same for you. He doesn't want you to live in fear, but he wants you to feel secure. He wants you to, to be in security, even when in your life everything is in turmoil. He wants you to have that perfect sense of God is my shield. He's my high, my, my high place of safety. And I will not be insecure. I will not fear anything. Okay? Which brings us to number five. Children, our children towards us, they have a sense of awe. They have a sense of awe and amazement. Children are always curious. They're always in curious and amazed mode. Okay? They always look at new things or, or, or even things that we take for granted in such a, a new way. Uh, they're always in awe of their surrounding. A child will be amazed at so many things that we take for granted. For example, a snowflake, a spider web, a flower, or a cupcake. <laughs> Have you seen your kids when you <laughs> show them a, nice decora a nicely decorated cupcake, how their eyes light up? And we take, we take so many things for granted. I mean, we see a spider web, we just like swat it with something, just get that thing out of the way. But have you ever taken the time, and I hate spiders, by the way, but have you, have you ever taken the time to look at a spider web after a rainfall in the sun? A nicely weaved spider web when there's little droplets of water on it or dew and there's sunshine in the back of it. It's like crystalline. See, my wife is smirking right now because I'm kind of this nature freak and I get I have this childlike faith when we're in nature, but she doesn't. She needs no, to develop take, it. She needs to develop shoe. I would take my shoe and get rid of the web. She needs to develop her childlike faith when we're walking in nature instead of screaming at every bug that comes away. But but you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so many things we as adult take as adults take for granted. But I want to add a point here. And, you know, when a, a child has that sense of awe that they're, you see, you know, that's the first thing that we see, right? When we have young children, how they're, everything is new through their eyes. And when you look through the lens that they see, you yeah. realize to what point you took so much for granted because you're yeah. it's just like redundant or you're used to it. Yeah. And when you look through the eyes of your children, you see how it is beautiful, how you forget that it's beautiful. And um, and I think, you know, as a parent, I tend to want to give even more blessings, even more rewards to my children when they're thankful, when they have this sense of awe. And I see Good that they're point. not taking it for granted for granted good point so don't forget your father is the same way right? he gets great pleasure in the prosperity of his servant exactly and if you have a thankful heart and a and a, a heart that is amazed at him amazed and in awe at him he's gonna, he's give gonna you have more. even more pleasure yeah, he's gonna <laughs> give you more because he he knows that you appreciate it yeah no one wants to bless a child that's unappreciative that always complains yeah that doesn't, you know, that takes everything for granted, you know. In other words, a child that's like an adult. 
<laughs> but it's true, you know, like, so be grateful for the small things and, and be in awe of the beautiful little things that God does give you. And speaking of this childlike amazement, I'd like to share a clip with our listeners. It's Pastor Greg Laurie, and he spoke about this childlike amazement in this short clip that I'm going to share with you. So to have a listen at Pastor Greg Laurie, who talks about childlike amazement. What does that mean exactly, to be childlike? Well, children, especially when they're very small, have a sense of awe and wonder. That's why I highly recommend that you do not go to Disneyland with adults. Always take a kid to Disneyland. Because adults, well, we're cynical. You know, we're, first of all, we're gonna gripe about how much it costs to get in. And there's some merit to that, of course. And then we're gonna wonder what we're gonna eat and we're gonna say that looks fake and it, it was better in the old days. I remember the e-tickets and we'll say things like that. <laughs> but you know, little kids, you take them in and it's a whole new world to borrow a Disney song to them. They're seeing it all for the first time. They actually think that's Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. I remember years ago I took my son, Christopher, he, to Disneyland. He was very small at the time. And I knew one of the characters, one of the people in the characters. Uh, and so he said, do you want to come back in, into the back room? And I found out later he should have never done this, but I took Christopher back and we're in this back room and the people in the suits are, are taking their heads off. Okay, but understand, <laughs> Christopher really thinks that's Donald Duck in Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck just took his head off and there's a small man in the costume. And I remember one of them, I can't, remember which one, pulls out a cigarette and he's smoking it with the, with the body of the costume and the human he had. Christopher's like, I, I probably traumatized him for life. So I don't recommend you do that. But the idea is that children see things in a different way. I mean, it's really fun to be around kids when they uh, see things for the first time. The first time a child maybe um, tastes ice cream or the first time a child plays in the snow, or, and you know, you sort of rediscover it as they're discovering it for the first time. So that's a wonderful thing for all of us to see. And that is really the idea that Jesus is communicating. Always maintain that childlike faith. Okay, we're back. So just like in the clip, as adults, we too often have been behind the scenes at the puppet show. And we've seen the strings, right? So like I said before, we, we lose our amazement. We lose our sense of awe. Um, it's redundant, like Elizabeth uh, so aptly put earlier. Stuff becomes redundant. So as a result, we lose our childlike faith and sense of wonder before our Heavenly Father. And that's a shame. And it's a great detriment to seeing the miraculous in our lives. Albert Einstein once said this, he said, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. Mm. So remember that. Childlike faith is a joyful expectation and experience of God's goodness. It invites the miraculous in your life by your attitude. It is joyfully expectant trusting and believing all the best about our Heavenly Father. It is always in awe of Him, just like a child. After all, our Dad, our Father, our Abba is the King. 
He is the smartest, the strongest, and richest one there is. You know how as children, we, we like, uh, especially boys, we like to compare our dads. Huh? My dad is, is taller than yours. He's stronger than yours. He's this, he has a better job than yours. We, we, we get a great sense of honor from our father. Well, as believers, as kingdom children, as kingdom citizens, we have the father who's the strong, strongest one there is, the richest one there is, and the wisest one there is bar none and that should give us a great sense of empowerment absolutely and um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and don't forget to uh, go to our thriving on purpose podcast.com page on the bottom of episode 40 join our Facebook group and we're going to be adding um, different teachings uh, that are pertaining to kingdom and Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback from this episode, how you've applied a childlike faith. So if there's different things that you're asking for God and uh, from God and he answers and you have a breakthrough and different things happen, we'd love to hear about it, uh, how you applied a childlike faith and how you've been working on it so that uh, other people can benefit from that as well. And guys, we know last episode we told you, yeah, from now on our podcast is going to be shorter. And trust us, trust us. This is a work in progress, okay? <laughs> Today's episode was actually supposed to be much shorter. Uh, but for some reason, we really got into the subject and got excited. And, and that's what happens when you get excited. You get more verbal. And we got uh, verbal. We, we actually probably said uh, twice, even maybe three times as much as was the notes we prepared. So uh, forgive us that little... Uh, I guess extra content, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure you guys are not offended. Maybe you listen to it in two parts or three parts. That's okay. <laughs> but we'll, we're, we'll keep giving you a heads up about that. Our episodes should be shorter from now on. We're just saying, okay? And so thank you for joining us on this uh, journey of kingdom. And um, we hope that you're enjoying the series. And uh, don't forget to share it with your friends. Tell your friends. And uh, Liz? Be blessed and thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.